Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Now the challenge for us as the federal government is, is that we don't run these police forces. I can't federalize every police force in the country and force them to retrain. But what I can do is to start working with them collaboratively uh, so that they can uh, begin this process of change uh, themselves. And we, uh, coming out of the task force that we put together, we're now working with local communities. The uh, Department of Justice has just announced a grant program for those uh, jurisdictions that want to purchase body cameras. Uh, we are going to be issuing grants for those jurisdictions that are prepared to start trying to implement some of the new training and data collection and other things that can make a difference. Uh, and we're going to keep on working with those local jurisdictions uh, so that they can begin to make the changes uh, that are necessary. That was Obama this week responding to what happened in Baltimore, the Freddie Gray incident that sparked riots, more protests than riots, uh, of because we don't know what happened to this guy, Freddie Gray, who was arrested by police. A week later, he's dead, all while in police custody. And the argument is if we had body cameras, if the cops had body cameras, there would be no mystery, no problem. But Obama takes it one step further here. He says, uh, almost like uh, sadly, that he can't nationalize the police force. But he can give us incentives to do with our police forces what he would do if he could nationalize it. And that's the same kind of way that they manipulate our laws through the use of highway funds, how we all got Common Core in the public schools because they had a federal program, No Child Left Behind or uh, Head Start, like these programs that have grant money. Then they tell you what to do locally. And then once they tell you what to do locally, they have more control. So there was a case in San Francisco where uh, a San Francisco squad car was lit on fire and a video blogger had some footage he did not want to give to the police. And there's a shield law in San Francisco where this journalist did not have to give the footage. He said it wasn't pertinent and he didn't have to do it. The Fed said that they paid, they, they had contributed some money to the San Francisco police force. So they, in effect, owned that squad car and they could override that shield law. So if you understand what I'm saying, they once they give you money, they have control over your programs. They can't outright or they di- won't outright federalize the police force, but they can exert a lot of control if you start taking their money. And just to make Obama's suggestion seem reasonable, but if you want to go down the rabbit hole, really look at 
how they're um, rolling this thing out, Al Sharpton said we should nationalize the police force. We should make the police force federal. And I thought, why, why would people want that? Like even in Baltimore, it's a majority black city. The mayor is black. The commissioner of the police is black. The prosecutor is black. People from all walks of life, doctors, lawyers, uh, it's a majority black city. If you're going to have control, if you're going to be able to weed out racism at the uh, at the police level, you're much more likely to do it in a city you control, a city where you pay the taxes, a city where they answer to you, than to run it up to D.C. and have to beg for someone to care about you. And I, I began to wonder if you really get cynical, if Loretta Lynch, who was a kind of controversial choice for attorney general after Eric Holder, you would think you'd want somebody who would make it less racially charged in the wake of Eric Holder, but that she didn't. And I'm thinking maybe she was a, a, an intentional choice so that they can uh, convince the people who will suffer the most from a police force further out of their control that the feds can be trusted. But this situation will change, even if you think they can be trusted, that they actually are, uh, do care about injustices suffered by blacks at the hands of the government and the police, which I'm not sure they do. But even if you do think so, then you can't. What, what happens when Jeb Bush is, is in office? Is, do, you, or do you still think that a federal police force is going to be better for this stuff? Uh, I'm not saying whether it would be or wouldn't be. I'm just saying the more it gets out of your control, the less you have control over it. And I and I think that all this is uh, to kind of manipulate us into agreeing to something we wouldn't otherwise agree from the body cameras to uh, federalizing the police. So I want to get to more calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Janine in Peachtree City. Hi, Janine. You're on with Monica. Hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing good. I, I'm. I was a first-time juror this week in a case in a trial in in Fayetteville that everything that was needed to make a, a, a decision regarding the verdict was uh, captured on camera. We see. We see the officer walking up to the car. We clearly see the driver leaning over and pulling a gun out of the glove box, we hear the officer say, and and, and she immediately goes into, you know, she draws her gun and, and just stops. Um, Who would do that? Who would go for a gun when stopped by a cop? That's crazy. Well, and, and um, so she draws down on him because he's pulled this gun out of the glove box she says, I hear him racking it, and, and, and she may have said another word. I'm not familiar with guns at all. And um, then you see her relax a little bit, and she says, he's clearing the ammunition and puts the gun up on the dashboard. She walks around to the car. He, roll, uh, he rolls his window down. She says in a loud voice, are you trying to get yourself killed? Yeah. Um, he he leans out the window a little bit. You see the big smile. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Wow. So you see, you, you see what was the charge? Driving under the influence. And there was no charge for the gun? 
No, because he didn't have a permit. Man, I would have said, you know, what I was doing. So, yeah, so it was crystal clear, and it was it was a body camera or it was a dash cam? Da- dash cam. Um, he gets out, I mean, he's very well-mannered and everything, but he, he repeats a couple of times, I'm not drunk, I only had two beers. He takes the, the breathalyzer at the scene. The officer says there's presence of alcohol. So he was convicted. No, that's what I'm trying to get at. Four out of six jurors stated not guilty. Eighty percent of our time in the jury deliberation room was spent bashing the police officers for how they talked during the during the whole situation. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. Now, that isn't even relevant, though. I mean, the guy was either, they could prove he was drunk, right? They they could prove the presence of alcohol. He refused, because I guess you have to do the blood alcohol test or the definitive test, either at the, I, I think at the station or the hospital. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he re, he refused to do that wherever they do that at. So the only thing the prosecution had was the video and the presence of alcohol test. And he got off because he refused no, to take the test? It was um, There was two charges, improper lane turn or authorization. Um, we voted guilty on that one. And we could not reach a verdict on the driving under the influence. So it was a hung jury on that charge. So I don't know if he got off, if the prosecution is going to say, oh, well, you know, we can't do this. Again. Oh, because they could have retried it. Wow, that is very interesting. I think uh, I'm so surprised. I thought if you refused, you automatically got convicted. So that's very interesting. But it doesn't really sound like the cameras made anything clearer. It sounds more like it just uh, distracted people from the the reality. I want to go to Juala in Atlanta. Hey, you're on with Monica. How you doing? Good. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, the the Baltimore. I think that the thing that is special about Baltimore. Baltimore has a history of, um, 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 you know, you know, police brutality, and the, the mayor and the current police commissioner were brought in for that reason. And the the thing about the pad, you know, coming out of the back of the paddy wagon is they have a name for it. It's called rough ride. It's kind of yeah. something that's kind of common, and so I think it's you know emotionally. You know, touched. Uh, it was, you know, it kind of was like, you know, the touch point. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of huge settlements in Baltimore, multi-million dollar settlements for cops doing that. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and everything that happened is kind of a signature of, you know, you put it, you put them in, you handcuff them, the leg irons, no seatbelt, multiple stops. You know, they drive around the city, they make, you know. You know, but these guys and, and were brought in to clean it up. I mean, that Baltimore mayor was on the task force of Obama and the first law enforcement officer quoted, because I read this like 100 page document, almost all of it. He um, the first person quoted was this uh, Bats, the commissioner of Baltimore. So they supposedly re- restructured their whole system to prevent stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, but at the same time, I mean, supposedly and I, and I, I guess he's been working on it, um, but. The, the, you know, the previous police commissioner had a zero tolerance policy, which is sort of like the total enforcement you're talking about. Yep. And um, 
And so that kind of ingrained the culture, um, you know, of uh, brutality in the, in the police department. So I guess it takes time to overcome that. But I still think that it wouldn't be good in the long run to remove it from all control locally. I mean, I think running it up to D.C. for control has implications not only for people on the ground, but for our liberty. It's it, There's a reason it's unconstitutional to have police powers at the federal level. That's what I want to talk about next. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It is 75 degrees out and another gorgeous day. Tomorrow's going to be gorgeous too. High of 80, light clouds. Uh, Keep track of Kirk Mellish's weather here on WSB and all weekend long. uh, Weather updates brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I want to... Continue this conversation about what's happening in Baltimore. If police cameras are necessary, if this thing, uh, if there's a downside to them, I'm going to go to Fred. Fred, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Um, so I've got a few things I just want to highlight. Number one, you know, I'm a chaplain um, at one of our jails, and I also uh, uh, happen to minister in the YDCs and uh, the penitentiaries. So I get a little bit of a perspective, and this is for some years, but I'll tell you about police. Um, these guys have emotional stress on the job, emotional stress at home, finance, kids, marriages, relationships, I mean, you name it, boss troubles. And so we put them out there, and we expect them to be perfect. And so that's, a, that's high, you know, high thinking, high brow thinking, and it's really not fair. That's number one. Number two, you got to think when you're in, uh, community policing, 21st century, you got to have reciprocity. Reciprocity with the community means that they share information to help solve crimes, get criminals uh, off the street so that they're not back out there over and over and over again trying to uh, solve crimes that repeat themselves, i.e., like murder. If you have four or 500 murders, you solve 5%. You still have, you know, 400 and something unsolved murders. And so there's a whole bunch of people who are committing violent crime in the community who are not incarcerated, who have not been brought to justice. So they're in that environment uh, over, you know, a period of time. You have years of unsolved murders, unsolved crime, and these guys are having to deal with the same stress of, of trying to police that environment with no help from the community when it comes to, to solving the crime. So are you saying that it would be an unreasonable burden on uh, them to uh, have the cameras? Well, you know, I'm saying to you that cameras notwithstanding anything that helps bring visibility to other. But do you think it would areas. help them or not help them? Um... No, I'm saying that when they respond to a, a crime scene and you begin asking me who saw what and everybody says, I didn't see anything, um, I don't know, I wasn't here, and it could happen right in front of a whole bunch of folks. The difference is 21st century community uh, policing also requires the community to be forthcoming with the information. Uh, very interesting. So it's a two-way street. We do want more information. Um, it's not just going to come from the cops. It's going to come from everybody. I'm, I'm going to go 
Uh, next up, right after the break, we're going to go to Susan, who is a former defense attorney, and she thinks they do need cameras. I want to hear about that. You can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, covering the Libertarian Angle on the News of the Week this week. It was unrest in Baltimore after the funeral for Freddie Gray, who uh, died while in police custody. We really don't know what happened. And that's funny. It's it's weird because I wanted to figure out what happened. And then I realized that the, the real story is that we don't know what happened. And that's why they were exploiting that case. They, meaning the government and with the media's help, exploiting that case to promote body cameras worn by cops. So that now we have um, an argument that we would have less, uh, um, the cops wouldn't be arrested on unclear charges, which is what is happening now, and that we would know what happened to Freddie Gray, like we did Walter Scott, the guy who was gunned down in South Carolina, and that cop was arrested for murder. It was crystal clear because there were cameras. But I smell a rat when the government tells me they're doing something for my own good. I think they're doing it for their own good, which is this uh, concept of total information awareness. They they have had a stated goal at the federal level to be aware of American citizens and possibly eventually the entire world. But 24 hours a day, seven days a week, total surveillance to the point where they have cameras that can recognize face and gait, like your, the way you walk. So if you wear a mask, they can still figure out who you are. They have license plate readers. I mean, you know everything about the surveillance state, and they're feeding all that stuff into like literally a four-dimensional image of your life through time. You know, everything you've gone to, everything you've done, plus, um, you know, over time. And they even have the point where Google has an algorithm where they can take these patterns of your movement and flag, like, I think that this guy's having an affair because he goes to a residence at, for, you know, at lunchtime or whatever. There are algorithms that can determine what you're up to, and that way people don't have to actually look at your data. Your data will flag itself. This is the kind of thing I'm afraid of. Uh, And I feel like um, whatever the here and now benefits might be of cameras, there is this bigger problem that you're giving more and more power to the government, and the government isn't going to use it in your favor. So, that's my thinking. A lot of people seem to be in favor of it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Susan. Hi, Susan. You're on with Monica. Hey there. Hey, thanks for being a force for good. Thanks. I'm guessing you are, too. Let's hear it. All right. Well, I wanted to call in because I wanted to say that anytime the government is going to infringe on our rights as free citizens of the U.S., We need to make sure the government has to toe the line. So all the rules and regulations, first off, I think they they should have to follow every single one of them to the T because they're infringing on our rights. But the second thing I want to say is when I was a defense attorney, it, it was in the 1990s, not one time did it occur that I asked for the video camera after an arrest or the video from the camera after an arrest. There wasn't a single time that the information I found on that video wasn't beneficial to my client. Sometimes 
so dramatically that they got off scot-free. Did you always get the entire recording without question? If they had it. Right. They had it. You asked for it in Discovery. Back then, the 90s, they were just starting to get it. Back then, it was only in the vehicle. They didn't even have it on their bodies yet. But if they had it, they would give it to me. Um, And yes, I could see the whole thing. I have, but here's my thing, Susan. I... It's like my argument with gun control. People say one of the many arguments against gun control is that people say, well, you could save some lives if you ban guns. That's their argument. And my argument is maybe that's true. Maybe not, because a lot of crimes are prevented with personal handgun, personal guns. But me, even if you could save lives in the here and now, think about all the the lives that were cost when governments had all the power. So that if the governments have all that power, all that, you know, all the weapons and you have none, they've killed tens of millions of people based on that kind of power. So I feel like even if now I'm not really arguing for this, uh, I'm just making like a devil's advocate because I really as an individualist libertarian, I really care about liberty and justice for every single individual, which is why I don't I don't tend to think of things in terms of race and all that. I just care. I think if everyone's individual rights were protected, it wouldn't matter what color you were. But but if if this even if this does help on the individual level, don't you think that it gives the government in aggregate, not the cops on the street, but the government who's going to collect all this and store it under our own individual names gives them just just too much power. I mean, are you afraid of the total surveillance state? I, yes, I am afraid of the total surveillance state, absolutely. But I think that the cops, when we're talking about this particular situation, I think the cops should have the cameras on their bodies for us to be able to see if they are towing the line they're supposed to tow. If our citizens are violating laws and they're caught on tape, well, they're violating the law and they need to be tried and the right charges need to be brought. I don't have a problem with the cops having the body cameras, and I don't see that as taking down our freedoms. I actually see it the other way around. Do you think that it would, like, erode the cops' psyche to be watched all the time like that? Like, that would probably drive me crazy. Well, you know, they're doing a job. When I'm doing my job, people are watching me. My clients are watching me. My boss is watching me, coworkers. When you're doing your job, you're out there. You say you want to. I'm doing my job, and, yeah, everybody can hear it. You know, it is a little nerve-wracking, but you have to do it. Um, I wonder if I know it's... uh, it puts the burden on the individual, and I don't appreciate that. I agree that the, that as government actors, they have to go out of their way to protect our rights. But it's I do like it when people uh, want to use cameras to protect their own rights the way you have guns to protect your own rights. It upsets me a lot when the cops try to take away, you know, citizen video. Um, I know I don't want to give them a hard time. I know the cops are doing a hard job, but to me, I like it when the individuals have cameras to protect their own rights, but yeah, but you can't really count on that as a, you know, you can't put the burden on the people to have to defend their rights like that. That's the whole essence of the American experiment. I guess you could say, uh, I'm going to go to Ray and Powder Springs. Hi, Ray. You're on with Monica. Hey, enjoy your program. Thank you. What you got? Uh, boy, you just opened up a whole new can of worms for me. Sorry. I know the lines went on, went crazy, so I guess everybody wants to talk about this. Go ahead. What you got? Okay. A couple of items right quick. The reason I called to start with was I, I wanted to see if you heard of the Operation 
um, that the military is getting ready to invoke here. In, um, Jade Helm? Yes. You know, whenever anything gets that kind of press, if you haven't heard of Jade Helm, it's where the military is doing some kind of undercover operations to see how native populations will respond to certain stimulus, right? Well, right. And and when it gets this kind of press, I almost wonder if we're being manipulated into paying attention to it. I will say that uh, my one big problem with it is I know that they conduct, intelligence operators conduct these kind of experiments in foreign countries. So I don't understand why they would be doing it in this country unless they're trying to figure out what how we will respond and use it against us. Right. Well, but so how does that fold into this? I'm sure it does fold into this. Tell me what you're saying. But if look at the all look at all the civil unrest going on throughout the United States, which I think is absolutely promoted by the government and the media. It's really okay, making but me if mad. You get the government to promote this. How can you? I mean, what's to stop us from pretty soon having every every state martial law? Well, that's, I mean, now you're talking about how I think, like we're having a conversation about the here and now, and do you want the cops to have the cameras? Does it make sense? Does it protect us? But my view is that this, that, that we have a real problem in this country, that these things are not one-off events, that we are literally being manipulated into accepting totally uh, unconstitutional measures that, that are basically implementing a police state and a surveillance state, and they're not cracking down on the, with the tools they have because they want to put all the pieces in place, and then when they're completely secure in their total power, then they can start doing what they want, you right. know? That's, That's what, what I see. What's taking place? Can't you, you can see that. I can see it, but but you know, Ray, how many calls have I had uh, where you know people don't don't that isn't top of mind for them? And I go back and forth. I mean, I'm worried about the here and now, but to me, the big problem is the big problem, <laughs> which what? is a totally overreaching government who we cannot trust, who will do things like foment civil unrest what? for their own political purposes. Monica, look at the chaplain that called in a while ago. And saying that uh, when you, when the police go to the communities or anybody goes to the communities to investigate something, I wasn't there. I didn't see anything. Da da da. They don't trust the government because the laws are unfair. Right. They're unjust. They're unconstitutional. The tactics the cops are allowed to use that they're trained to use in my mind are unconstitutional. These six cops who were arrested in Baltimore, I think they should have gotten a grand jury. It's the first line of the Fifth Amendment. I I know that they don't do it. She used another procedure, but I think the procedure's unconstitutional. Well, your caller, callers talked about the uh, conflicts of interest. I mean, the, the police work with the prosecutors, the prosecutors work with the judges, the judges work with defects, defects works with the uh, police, yep. everything. It's all intertwined. The government is getting more power every day. And, and, and I'll, I'll layer another little tidbit on top of that, which is they make it seem like uh, the... There's uh, racial conflict goes all the way up the social scale, but I didn't. I don't think the people you were seeing robbing the liquor store in uh, Baltimore were the doctors and lawyers in Baltimore. The problem is, it is us versus them. It is the people versus the power, and the power will use. Whoever they have to use, and if they want to make it a race issue, they want to make it a gender issue, the war on women, whatever. And I'm not just talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the power elite, which crosses national boundaries, which crosses party boundaries. They use race against us. And I will reiterate that, uh, yeah, people don't want to cooperate in the inner cities because they know 
that they uh, are not treated fairly. Now, we're all treated unfairly in many ways, but I do think that uh, blacks are targeted by the system, by the political system at the very highest levels to maintain um, uh, like a disturbance, conflict among us on the ground here. So we don't recognize what the real problems are. And it is a true injustice, but it's not just individual cops against um, people in poor black communities. And that's why this kind of stuff makes me mad because we should be looking at how they're, they're actually going to use this to take away more of our rights, to increase their control, which will only increase the problems. I know that's a hot sports opinion, but <laughs> there it is. Call me and tell me what you think. 800-WSB-TALK-404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. The beautiful weather looks to be continuing throughout the weekend and the start of the work week, but that can change fast. So stay tuned to WSB and listen for the weekend weather, which is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And I also have another little goodie for you. I'm going to give away the weekend prize pack. It is a family four pack of tickets the, to the Ragsdale Heating, Air, and Plumbing Salute America Air Show, May 9th and 10th at the Paulding Northwest Atlanta Airport. A pair of tickets to see the Atlanta Ballet's production of Mayhem, May 15th through 17th at the Cobb Energy Center. A family four-pack of tickets to Disney on Ice, World of Fantasy on May 14th at the Gwinnett Arena. And this is the biggest prize pack I've ever given away. A pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow in concert on June 4th at the Gwinnett Arena produced by AEG Live. So the first person to call 404-741-0750 gets that great prize pack. And uh, we are continuing this conversation. It, it's very, it's like uh, more than two-sided because there's the idea of if you want body cameras to protect the citizens do you want body cameras to protect the cops will it grate on the cops is it too much surveillance on the citizens and then there's this uh kind of higher level of of you know taking the red pill like uh what's really going on and is it that the government always really serves itself above all else i've got lots of calls i'm going to get to everyone you got to hang on Right after the break, I'm going to go to Dennis, who says that the people in this country don't seem to know their history. And uh, if they did, maybe they'd be viewing this decision differently. So I really want to talk to Dennis right uh, after the break. And you can always continue this conversation with me on Facebook, through my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, or on Twitter, at MonicaPerezShow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.